In Matthew 4.19, Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Join us in this conversation as we discuss following Jesus, leadership, and doing life with others. Welcome to the 419 Disciple Makers Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the 419 Disciple Makers Podcast. This is Beth Laurie, and I'm so glad to be with you today. And I have one of my favorite people here with me today, Sandra Shainer. Sandra is a member of Mount Pisgah and a wonderful person. I can't wait for you to get to know her. Uh, Sandra, tell everybody hello. Hello, everyone. I'm so glad to be here with everybody. Uh, we get to collaborate on a lot of things, and she's a very special person. And so uh, Sandra is going to talk to us today about the statements of Jesus. But before we get started, Sandra, I would love for you to tell them a little bit about yourself and uh, how you became a disciple maker. Well, let's see. I've been um, coming to Mount Pisgah for 16 years and um, been a member for 14. Um, I became a disciple maker through the journey. And that was created by a man named Randy Pope at a church down the street from where Mount Pisgah is located. And um, I felt like that the Lord wanted me to lead this journey group. In fact, I had prayed about it. And sometime um, during the time of talking to the Lord about it, he gave me a scripture that had the word journey in it, that I would be on this journey. And then I found a bracelet that had journey on it. So it just seemed to be the right thing. So that's how I got started in discipleship was leading a group years ago. It was probably 2011. Wow. And uh, you've led a couple of groups and uh, you're also a spiritual director. I know that about you. Can you tell our, our listeners what a spiritual director is? Well, a spiritual director is someone that you come to when you want to talk about your spiritual life and your growth with the Lord. And the spiritual director listens to where you're coming from, where you are right now at this particular time in your life, and possibly makes suggestions for spiritual growth. Not necessarily. It might just be listening. Maybe that's really all a person needs is to talk about God and work things out in their own mind about God. So, but a spiritual director is just a guide. And really, uh, the guide truly is the Holy Spirit because the spiritual director is always wanting the Holy Spirit to be the, the main person who hears and responds uh, to an individual. That sounds exciting. I know from myself having a spiritual director before, it has been a wonderful experience in my life. It's a safe place and a sacred place to be able to talk about things that you probably would not talk about anywhere else. And to your uh, good point, it also increases our relationship with the Lord to have that sacred space with someone else to listen with you. So um, so Sandra is the writer of a document that we use in our discipleship groups, and it is called The Statements of Jesus. Sandra, would you tell everybody what that is? What, what are the statements of Jesus? Okay. I, when I was um, looking to uh, determine what Jesus said about a disciple and what a disciple is, I found these six statements. And... Um, started thinking about them and um, meditating on them. And the reason that I even began looking as to what Jesus said about uh, being a disciple is that 
uh, in uh, different classes and reading different material regarding discipleship, I found that there were a lot of different definitions out there of what a disciple is. And it, uh, for me personally, uh, it frustrated me a little bit because I wanted something that I could say, okay, a disciple is this. Now, that's just my own, you know, idiosyncrasy, let's say. But so I was curious, everybody has different definitions of what a disciple is. What did Jesus say is a disciple? So that's when I looked in the back of my Bible and found these six statements that he made about being a disciple. So to me, he might as well have said a disciple is someone who bears much fruit. You know, a disciple is someone who carries their cross. Um, So that's how I came up with those six statements. So you were using like the index of your Bible and you looked up disciple and then you went, am I hearing you correctly? And then you went to all the scriptures that talked about a disciple. Not all, but the ones that that, uh, where Jesus said something about a disciple. Do you want to share with us these statements, just the the scriptures? Like, um, what are what are they, so that people will sort of get them in their mind as we talk about them a bit? Okay, one is John eight thirty one, which says where Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, uh, "If you hold to my teaching," and some translations say teachings plural, but if you hold to my teaching, you truly are my disciple. Okay, John 13, 35 says, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. In Luke 14, uh, 20, really 26 and 27, say anyone who does not hate his father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Um, another one is, and um, that was Luke uh, 26, 27 says, and anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. And John 15, 8 says, this is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So, yeah, that's all. So these are big statements. I mean, you know, when when you read these to us and when I when I think about these uh, carrying a cross uh, forgetting your father and mother, uh, you know, but these are big things Jesus is asking, right? Yeah, they really are. It speaks to the seriousness of being a disciple of Jesus. It's not just a belief, right? There's more, it sounds like. there's There are beliefs for sure, but it sounds like there's some really um, steps that we have to take when you look at the way you pull these statements out. Right. An attitude, a heart. Yeah, a heart attitude. Yeah, so it sounds like God put these put these on your heart, like that you wondered what it was to be a disciple, and and so you went on this journey to to listen very closely to what Jesus was saying. Right now, now you mentioned um, meditation, mm-hmm. and that you pulled these out and then you meditated on them. Can you tell us a a bit what you mean about that? What what do you mean by meditation and Well, yeah, um, I have to go back that um, when I was uh, leading the journey, that is at the same time that I was learning how to meditate. That was in 2011. So meditation personally 
has been uh, profound for me and my relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, it just opened up my relationship with him. Uh, I believe strongly in the verse in the Bible that says that the word is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. The word is Jesus Christ. So we could say the Bible is Jesus Christ. Meditation for me proved that scripture. For meditation, the word did become living and it was active in my life. And uh, it was and, and sharper than a two-edged sword. That only means that Jesus, over a period of time of my meditating, would correct me on things or show me things that he wanted me to change my attitude about or my framework or how I did things, but it was always very gentle. But, you know, in that verse, he divides uh, bone and marrow. So he's very personal uh, with anyone who really gets into meditating and takes it seriously. Uh, God is going to be very, Jesus will be very personal with that person. And he was with me. So I was just all over meditation from 2011 on. I was learning more about it and doing it more. And so when I came across these six statements, I certainly, it was just natural for me to want to meditate on them. So, and so that I did. And I came up with questions to ask the Lord about, you know, this one about hating your mother and father. Well, what is that all about? You know, and and then I didn't know what the word hate meant in the Hebrew or any of that. And so I had to talk to him about that. And it, Lord, it didn't sound like you to say this. So what does this mean? Because I know you're not a mean person. You really don't want me to hate my mother and my close friends and my husband, you know. So um, that anyway, that's what happened with all this. Sandra, I love the way you describe this because you, you gave me sort of an image when you said that, you know, Jesus is the word. And it was almost like the more that you sat with the word, it, it it's, it is. It's sitting with Jesus, you know, and you're letting him speak to you through those scriptures. And it sounds so different from study. I mean, study, you're like looking at context and history and all this kind of stuff. But what you're saying is you were having a conversation with Jesus. You were uh, letting him speak to you through those words. And then I heard you say, and I asked him these questions. And uh, that sounds very contemplative, that you were just pondering uh, the words and, and, and questioning things and uh, being able to um, listen to him, that still small voice. is is. Did it feel like a conversation? How I mean, how would you describe that yes. time with him? Yes, and I wish that I could say I have heard this still small voice. I don't hear any still small voice. A lot of my mother did it and told me that. Mm. But uh, no, I hear more in my head or my heart um, and see he and I visualize a lot where he's concerned, and that's easy for me to do. But, um, and I know with some people, visualization's not as easy as others. Some are where we know there's right brain and there's left brain. And um, in this, uh, these 21, this 21 day meditation, you know, we try to um, uh, accommodate both the right and left brain where meditation is concerned. So that brings up a good point. Can you explain what you mean, uh, the 21 day? So you said there were how many statements of Jesus again? Six. 
Six? Okay. But it's a 21-day, would you call it a study? No, I'm glad you brought that up regarding study. I think study and meditation go hand in hand, but I think they are two separate things. And as you mentioned, uh, studying is more getting the context and uh, looking up words and what they mean and uh, uh, what the surface of the parable is say means. Uh, that study to me. Meditation is so much more personal to me because you can take the same parable that you know backwards and forwards, and God may show you something from that uh, parable that that's just for you. He might just pick out one word from that parable, and it will strike your heart. It will move you, and you will say, Lord, well, what is it that you want me? Why are you bringing this particular word up for me. So uh, the 21 days is taking each of the statements. And uh, I guess it's how many days are we spending on? I think we spend how many days on one statement? Three days. You, you have three days on each one. And then a, a there's a look back every now and then, right? Right. Correct. Yeah. Every seven days. So the questions that you have for the Lord are very important. And also, if we remember when Jesus was here on this earth, he asked a lot more questions, it seems like, than he gave direct answers. So it would seem that he would be asking us questions also. And that's where the quiet comes and the silence and solitude comes of listening and listening to what question he wants to ask you. And what you do with that question, that's so important. So these questions, in fact, I wouldn't mind even redoing, uh, you know, reworking some things in the 21 days. The questions that I ask or that are written there are just immaterial compared to what the individual has. You know, it's you. You're the one that's important. You, you, you and Jesus. You and Jesus. Right. So you you build a really good case um, in our culture, um, in our in our Protestant culture, in the Western world. We really value study. Like there's people who we have just elevated study so high, but we don't talk a lot about meditation. I think it's Psalms one that says, "Meditate on my word day and night." Right. Um, but meditation is different. So it's not it's not facts in our head because you can know everything about Jesus. And not even follow him, right? I mean, I think Satan's a great great example. He knows all the scriptures, but he's not like Jesus. Um, so we can know stuff about Jesus, but that's not the same as moving that living word into our heart. So what I hear in experiencing him. So it sounds like the scriptures are giving you a conversation with Jesus. And to your point, it's not about the questions, but it's what bubbles up, just like any, like you and I are talking. Uh, and so when you're sitting there with Jesus and the scripture, all these things specific to your life start coming up and you ask questions related to what you feel that he's telling you. Right. You know, this just doesn't happen overnight where meditation is concerned, where, oh, yes, I'm having this great conversation with the Lord. Now, with some people, it might happen really quickly, but others, it might take time. So it's a consistency. Um, meditation gets better. You learn more. You become more relaxed as with anything that you do. You know, it's the more you do it, the more relaxed you come. And the more you get used to 
uh, what how Jesus speaks with you individually. Um, so that's really the consistency is really important. And, and one other thing, Joshua one eight also tells that we're to meditate on the word day and night. And also Psalm one nineteen has the word meditate in there seven times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have to look at David, and he was a man of God's own heart. And it is obvious that that man meditated on the Word of God. So there is just so much richness to meditation. It helps us to remember Scripture better. helps us to get better uh, acquainted with the Lord better. Um, it um, is a guide. You know, God helps guide us with meditation, too, with the relationship with Him and others and what he wants us to do. And and I, I hear that in you. And um, and I do know like a handful of people who um, have uh, started meditating and they just got so passionate about it. I mean, I see people who are super passionate when they first start studying the Bible and they're like, the, things are starting to click because it's a hard book to understand. And when you start studying it, it starts to become a little bit more understandable. But with meditation, the same thing happens as you as you do it. As you engage in it, you find this whole nother world of interacting with Scripture, of interacting with Jesus. And um, it just gets you like so excited that you're like, why is not everybody not meditating? It's, this is the best thing ever. I've, I think I've heard you say those words, Sandra. <laughs> I know. I try not to do that too much anymore, but uh, because I know everybody's at a different place in their walk with the Lord. You know, mm. but it is an ancient, I mean, the Hebrews back and the Israelites were meditating as they heard the word, they'd have to meditate on it because it wasn't written down. Someone was reading it to them. So they had to remember at least one or two words or thoughts and meditate on it and talk about it with each other. So meditation has been around forever. And where Christians are concerned, you know, we want to meditate on the word. And to me, the word meditation means focus because you can meditate on anything. You can meditate on your child not doing what you want the child to be doing. And that's and thinking about it all the time. And that's meditating on it. So, but Christians, we want to meditate on the, the word, the living word. And that comes then to life for us. Right, you bring such a, a good point up because sometimes in our um, in our community, meditation's been associated with um, Eastern practices of emptying out your mind, but that's not what the Bible says at all. To your point, it is filling up our mind with God's Word and focusing on uh, the truths that are in uh, scriptures. And so, it is uh, focus is a great word because it gives us that image of. Uh, directing our mind or um, renewing our mind, taking our mind captive, thinking, you know, focusing on the things that are good, not worrying about the other things of this world. And that is not only transformative in our life, uh, but brings over, it brings in the presence of God into our life. So um, thank you. Thank you for unpacking that meditation uh, with us for a bit. So you said it's a 21-day um would you call it a devotional? How, what would you describe the document as? I think it's a 21-day meditation because you're meditating, meditating. some in some form every day on a particular okay. um, statement of Jesus. And I liked what you said though earlier because sometimes you do some study. Like I remember that because I've been through this myself and it was 
I, I will share about that in a minute if you want, but it was so wonderful. Uh, but there's times where you do send people off to study and look up stuff. So you mentioned the right brain and the left brain. So you allow them to answer a lot of their, their questions because we have questions about what's happening in the scripture. And then after their their questions um, have been answered as, as far as context and stuff is gone, then it, it, it you move them into meditation so that that way they could really experience the, the scripture. Yeah, so that's so where meditation and uh, uh, study go hand in hand, because certainly uh, studying scripture can lead into meditation. And sometimes studying is in and of itself, to me, meditation. If somebody studies a particular uh, parable, let's say, for a whole month, like some of, the, some of these preachers do, every day they're in there studying, thinking, praying about that one parable that they're going to preach on. That is meditating because it's focus, you know. And right. in that span of time, I'm sure God's going to communicate some way with them because they'll go deeper in their study. So true, because then the more that you do that, like you see scripture insights, right? And you see life application insights, which is what the commentaries are so often about. There's much more to it. I remember a friend of mine said that um, she was reading uh, the story of, of Jesus sleeping on the boat and it, you know, the waves and the storms came and the disciples had to wake him up. And anyway, she's reading this and pondering the parable like you were talking about the, the story. And uh, <laughs> she went, why is Jesus sleeping? Did I let him go to sleep? Was I not even talking to him? <laughs> it, it, it occurred to her that she, in in this pondering, that she had, like Jesus said, well, if you're not going to talk to me, I'll just go take a nap. That was what she got out of it. And so it was funny how the scripture spoke to her that way. Like, hey, you're, let's keep talking to each other. And then the storms uh, won't be the same. Um, well, Sandra, I will tell you for me, um, this this meditation was very um, powerful, specifically the one that um, I spent more time on and continue to spend more time on. And I think all of them are so good. But the one that I maybe would have passed by uh, before, but I just really sit with well now is the um, John thirteen thirty five. By this, all men will know that you are my disciple if you love one another. And it sort of changed the way that I think about interacting with people because I I want to be a disciple of Jesus. I want to be a disciple maker. That's what my my life's calling's about. Um, but would are all are my actions being loving and so as i pondered it you know of course there's always opportunity as we take our life before the lord of being able to say in this situation was love what drove your actions uh is love the way that you interacted with the person is love the filter um that that moved your motives in a sense um and and and, and it says here that they will know but it even meant like they might see that love. That's what I want them to receive from me is love. Um, but most importantly, uh, Jesus was telling me I needed to act in love, even when I was frustrated, even if I thought the other person, <laughs> it was definitely the other person and not me. <laughs> but he was like, well, your response needs to be love, <laughs> uh, whatever you think. And so your your questions to that you said, like it just took me to a deeper place and a deeper conversation with Jesus. Um 
you know, and so I really appreciated the way that you wrote that and, and how it allowed me to experience uh, a meditation on a statement of his that I've read a thousand times probably, but I didn't slow down enough to really interact with Jesus in it. So um, I just wanted to, to, to give you a, a shout out there of how much I appreciated that. Well, and I appreciated that you have taken these six statements to um, a higher level than where we had them originally and how you collaborated on all this for it to expand. So Um, very good on that. Thank you. And so we have um, the document up on our our 419 uh, website. So that is uh, 419disciplemakers.org. And you can find it there. And we would love for you to go and uh, download it and be able to use it yourself for 21 days. Uh, We'd also love it if you would use it with your group. I mean, you can tell everybody to meditate for a week and then come back and talk about what they got out of each of the statements. Um, Sandra, what what is sort of your hope um, and joy in putting this together? Well, naturally, I would want people um, to see discipleship and being a disciple of Jesus Christ as uh, essential in their walk with the Lord, that uh, it is a there's a lot of responsibility to being a disciple. And it is a learner, but it is much more than a learner. And Jesus is wanting the highest standard. To be a disciple of Jesus Christ is the highest standard. And it's a good standard. And it's a healthy and wholesome. And it includes, uh, you know, loving others and wanting others to love him. Um So I would want people to see how important being a disciple is. Um, It's not just another command that he gave us. All the other commands are shooting off from being a disciple. And uh, so that's one thing. And then, of course, um, selfishly, I would like to see people learn how to meditate on God's word and experience him more and uh, realize his love more for them and grow to love him even more. Um, I would, um, those, those two main things I would like. Well, I, I feel very sure that that is, um, is going to happen if, if people will go and get the document and uh, start learning. Um, I will give a shout out that if you would like um, Sandra to come and train you or train your group on meditation, uh, she has done that before. She is skilled at that as a spiritual director and um, as a person who's meditated, she said, for uh, 10 years now, almost 10 years. And uh, she also would be probably willing to, to um, lead your group through these statements of Jesus. Um, so if you wanted to get in touch with uh, Sandra, I'll just say you could email us at disciplelife at mountpisca.org and I can connect you to Sandra Shaner. And it would be just a blessing to each of you guys if you choose to do that. So uh, email us at disciplelife at mountpisca.org and we will uh, get you in touch with Sandra. It has been such a blessing, Sandra, to be with you today, to hear your encouragement, uh, to let our listeners listeners get to know you a little bit better. Uh, any final words you want to say before we go? Not really, except thank you so much for my being on here. And I just pray that uh, everyone that hears this, that your your relationship with the Lord will grow close, close, close. 
Amen to that. And we hope that for each and every one of you as you listen, uh, continue to listen to the 419 Disciple Makers podcast. If you have not, please share that with somebody today. It would be a blessing to them. Also go out to the website, get some new documents. Stay encouraged, you guys. You are doing great work. You are a disciple of Jesus. As Sandra said, it is a serious and wonderful uh, name to call yourself as a disciple of Jesus. And so keep doing it. Keep going. Never stop. It is our life calling. It is the most important thing. It is our priority. And we bless all of you and we thank you until next time. Thank you very much. For more information, check out our website, 419disciplemakers.org. 